0: One of the things that I love to do is, is kind of get us on the same level and let you know that you have a lot in common with a lot of people in this room. Let me give you an example. How many of you, this is the month of May, we're about to wrap it up. How many of you at least once during the month of May had a bad day? At least once, okay? Yeah. And if, if you're not raising your hand, um, you're on drugs, and you should go to rehab. I went. It's great. It's great. It's wonderful. All of us know what it's like to have a bad day. And, and, and nobody wakes up wanting one, but they happen. I was thinking about this uh, when Shannon and I flew back into the States this week. We were on vacation, and we're waiting on the luggage to, to come out. And I don't know about you, but but I have flown a lot, and, and the airlines have lost my luggage a time or two. And that's not fun. That's a bad day. Day. and so both of her luggage pieces came out immediately because the favor of God is on her it's like oh ah! and I'm sitting there going to, and and, so, and when I don't see I start getting nervous I don't know and and, and I, the airline industry I know somebody's gonna say my cousin works for them Th- then tell them they got a lot of work to do okay Delta means don't expect luggage to arrive um <laughs> there's a, there's American scarelines there's there's all sorts of things and so it, it did show up, but it, it caused me to think about the times that the luggage didn't show up, and that's a bad day. And you know what that's like. Nobody in this room wakes up and goes, God, today let me have a flat tire. But, God, I don't want a flat tire in the driveway. I would like a flat tire on the interstate. That would be amazing. Nobody nobody wants to wake up and discover that your child was, was sick all night. Nobody wants to get the phone call from an aging parent that says, I went to the doctor and it didn't go well. All of us know what it's like to have a bad day. But the beautiful thing about a bad day is you can go to bed, wake up, and it's a brand new day, which is great, unless that next day is another bad day, and it turns into a bad week, and everybody in here has had a bad week. Everybody knows what it's like to go through that. And then for some of us, in fact, most of us, it's not just a bad week, it's a bad season, and, and you can look back over your life, and you can, there was that season in your life that if you could just go back and make a few decisions differently, you would. Or maybe you're actually in that season right now. I think that our world is in that. Talk about a bad season. I mean, dear God, I can't even cut the news on. We got a war in Ukraine. We got school shootings. We got baby shortage formulas. We, we, like everything, it just seems like it's getting crazier. And this is what I know about people that experience that type of um, bad day or bad bad season. Let's say you're in a bad season. There's about three words that would, like, describe us. The first one would be discouraged. And there's some people in this room today or watching online, and you're discouraged. And you're discouraged maybe because uh, somebody told you if you gave your life to Christ that everything was going to be better. And man, I wish that was true. I I wish it was true. When you give your life to Christ, it doesn't mean everything's going to be better. It means you're you're, going to be able to handle it, but it's not going to be better. Maybe you're discouraged because you thought that person, you were going to marry them and they were going to take away all your problems. But when one sinner marries another sinner, that never equals bliss, okay? Maybe you thought, oh my gosh, our marriage is struggling. We will just have a child and that will fix everything. And you discovered that demon possession is real when that child <laughs> doesn't sleep through the night, right? There's people in this room that you're, you're discouraged just with the condition of the world, with the condition of life. Maybe you're, condi- maybe you're discouraged spiritually, and if that's you, I get it. Or maybe, maybe you're stressed. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the kind of stress. Like when I'm driving down the road with Shannon, and, and, and she's over in the passenger seat. I'm focused, and she goes, "Ah!" As a man, I don't know what that means. It it could either mean, A, I found something really cute on Pinterest, or B, we're about to have a head-on collision. And it stresses me the heck out. Any man in the room identify with that? Okay, yeah, all the hands, all the hands, all the hands, all the hands. I, I wish that was the only kind of stress I experienced, but there are people in this room that are... legitimately stressed maybe you're getting close to retirement age and the stock market's kind of crazy right now hmm It, it there's things there's always something to be stressed about in fact probably I would just say this the more time you spend on your phone the more time the more time you spend stressed you know how I know that I just went on vacation and put my phone down a lot and by the third day I was like man life is great I was sober, um, but I was like, yeah, life is great. But if you're stressed, I get it because we live in a world that just kind of promotes stress. And then last but not least, worried. There are people in this world, you look, at, you look at the condition of the world and you're worried. Or maybe it's not the world, maybe it's what's going on in your world and you're worried. So if, if, if any or all of these words describe you, I get it. In fact, you'll meet some people that go, oh, if this is you. You're not a Christian. And I'm like, I don't know what happy, like, I, I don't know what, what happy sauce somebody's like, like, drizzled on you to make you all happy. But I'm, I'm telling you, being a Christian doesn't mean that we won't face these things. Being a Christian means we can overcome these things every single time. It doesn't mean that it won't be a fight. It means we will win the fight. I didn't say that in the last service, so that's a, that's extra. Now, the, what I'm going to share, and you're not going to believe this at first, but I promise it's going to be brief. What I'm going to share is something that, listen, I've been reading the Bible for years. I've never seen this, and I know that gets on Cole's nerves. He said it last week. I watched him. But something hit me this week that, that was mind-blowing, and it was about the apostle named John. Now, Jesus had... Twelve apostles, one of them was named John. John wrote the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And when when Jesus told John, follow me, John was a fisherman. James uh, was his brother. He was really tight with his brother. And him and his brother had a fishing business on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus came up and said, follow me. And John made a really good decision to follow Jesus. In fact, him and his brother, Jesus nicknamed them, check this out, Sons of Thunder. And when I, when I read over that, I was like, that, that reminds me of, of like NWA Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. That's like a tag team, the Sons of Thunder. Like I, that would be a great tag team name. But the, they were, that's what Jesus nicknamed them. And for three years, James and John, along with Peter, were on the inner circle with Jesus. Like Jesus had 12 disciples or 12 apostles But there were many times that he would call Peter, James, and John aside and be like, hey, guys, y'all sit here. Y'all sit here. This is southern Israel. Y'all sit here. We're going to go over here and, like, do a miracle. And can you imagine being one of the nine just watching Jesus? God, why do they get to go with him? Thomas, you think we will ever get to go with him? I doubt it. Yeah, I know. Me too. oh." So so here they go, and and Peter, James, and John got to see Jesus raise somebody from the dead. They got to go up with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, they got to see a lot of really awesome stuff, and they were super excited about Jesus right up until that time where he died. That'll ruin your day. When the man that you thought was going to be the Messiah, the King of Israel, like John was at the crucifixion. John stood and watched Jesus die and in that moment he lost all hope and you would have too we we read the bible sometimes and we read the bible in hindsight going how could they not believe the son of God well if somebody told like if I said hey guys here's the deal T- this afternoon I'm going to die in a car wreck but don't worry I'm going to be here next Sunday to preach Nobody would leave here going, I think Pastor P.'s okay. I think he's in his right mind. I think he's doing good. Praise the Lord. Like nobody would say that. They didn't believe Jesus was going to come back alive because they they had never seen somebody predict their own death and then pull it off. They didn't believe it. But then Jesus rose from the dead. Like the women went to the tomb that Sunday morning. And uh, they, they were like, oh, uh, he's not here. And one of the angels was like, he told you he was going to raise from the dead. And so they ran back to tell the apostles, and this, I love this part of the Bible. I've, I've never preached on this, and I thought it was funny. John, who wrote the Gospel of John, for whatever reason, wanted us to know this part. I mean, the resurrection, the most monumental event to ever happen in the history of the world happened. And John wanted us to know this. Watch this. Um, Peter and the other disciple, that's what he called himself. He called himself the other disciple. He also called himself the one whom Jesus loved. I think that's a little self-serving, but it's his gospel. It's his book. Hey, who are you? I'm the one Jesus loved. He liked them. He loved me. All right? (laughs) So Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. Watch this. Because John... John wants us to, this is holy scripture. John wants us to know this. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. <laughs> Nobody has that memorized. But John was like, hey, 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 hey. Before, listen, I know, I know Peter, and he's going to deny it probably three times, but I, like, I, I beat him. I know what he's going. To, i beat him to the tomb. That's all you need to know. I was the first one to get there. Here's what's funny. John got to the tomb and just stood there. Peter got there and ran in and said, "I won. I mean, so so it's kind of it's debated. So, so once Jesus rose from the dead, this was this was like a great movement to be a part of. And the church starts exploding. Like thousands of people become Christians and they start and for about 10, 11, 12 years, things are going incredible. It is It is popular and awesome to be John on the inner circle, but then all of a sudden, things start to unravel for John. His his brother, James, his best friend, this is what scripture says happened to James in Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers. In the church, he had the Apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. And that's it. Story moves on. Let me pause for just a second. No matter how close you are to Jesus, when you lose your brother slash best friend, that's a bad day. And I know, listen, I've been around, I've been in church world long enough to know all the Christian phrases that we use at funerals. Don't you worry, they're with Jesus. That's wonderful, but I miss them. It freaking hurts. I know they're in heaven, but it takes a while to process that grief. And, and John, even though he's close to Jesus, this had to have just bothered him. Not only was, was James martyred, but then not too much longer after, Peter, one of his best friends, was crucified in Rome upside down. That's a bad day. You start losing your buddies left and right. And and not long after that, the Apostle Paul was martyred in Rome. In AD 67, the Apostle Paul was beheaded. Three years after that, in 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed. This was like the religious epicenter of of the, the, the Jewish world. The temple was literally destroyed. And this this impacted every Jewish person that that lived through it. This is bad. And then, after that, within the next four to five years, at least six of the apostles, six of his best friends, lose their lives as well. Now You're looking at this list going, well, like, It can't get much worse. Well, actually it can. Because they captured John, and they were going to try to kill him. And the way they tried to kill him was they tried to boil him in oil, and he survived. I would have personally, I would have been like, I'll go for the beheading. But boiling in oil, that's a bad day. Christians don't have bad days. John was closer to Jesus than any of us, and he got boiled in oil and didn't die. It freaked him out so much that they exiled him to this island called Patmos, and he wrote a book called Revelation. Isn't it funny how God can bring amazing things out of the worst circumstances? I mean, if anybody on the planet had the right to feel discouraged, stressed, or worried. Can we all agree John's got several reasons, yes or no? Yeah. John's got every reason in the world to feel discouraged and stressed and worried. He's lost everything. He's suffered immensely. But one day he takes out a pen and he starts to write. He had no idea that he was writing the gospel of John because there was no the Bible back during this period. But he was going to write the story of Jesus. There's four stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he was writing the book of John. And a lot of times we read what they wrote, but we don't keep in mind who wrote these words. So imagine John. He's an old man he has seen the best of the best and the worst of the worst, and he, he has suffered. What do you think this man would tell us about Jesus? Well, he gets to it really quick in verse 4 of the first chapter of the Gospel of John. This is, this is what blew my mind. This is John, the man that went through all this. This is what John said. In him, meaning Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. He doesn't talk about his pain. He didn't talk about his suffering. Oh, man, and Jesus. He would say, say, you know, before I met Jesus, I fished. There were days I caught a lot of fish, and there were days I caught a little bit of fish, but when I met that man, that's when I started living. That's when I saw blind people have their eyes open, and I saw deaf people get their hearing back, and I saw dead people come to life. Uh, in, in Jesus was was life. But yeah, John, what about the bad parts? Yeah, I, know, I understand that. But, but man, in that in Him was life, and by the way, that life was the light of all mankind. John will tell you, before I met Jesus, everything was dark. Everything was dark, everything was negative, everything was bad. But then Jesus, John calls Jesus life and light. And then he says this, the light shines in the darkness. He doesn't deny the darkness. Oh, the world's dark. He said there's some dark stuff. John would say there's some dark stuff that's happened in my life. But the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it this man who had suffered as much as any person on the planet said oh uh, this is what i can say about jesus because of him i have life and because of him the darkness has never defeated me and if you are in Christ. If you are in Christ, no matter what happens to you, Christ in you means that you have life. And no matter how dark this world gets, his light is greater than any darkness we will ever face. And he will always not just make a way, but show us the way no matter how dark this world gets. At the end of the day, he reigns. That's what John would tell you. John, didn't you lose your brother? Yeah, but he reigns. John, didn't, didn't you lose your best friends? Yeah, I lost my best friends, but here's the deal. God's still on the throne. He reigns. John, John, didn't you suffer? Didn't you get boiled into? Yeah, 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 I did, but guess what? He reigns, and he would tell us that today. The person in this room going, I am, I am stressed and anxious, out of my mind. God, John would say, Yeah, yeah, but here's the deal: Jesus is life and light, and He reigns. But I'm battling with an addiction. He would say, I understand, but Jesus is life, and He's light and he reigns, but I'm I'm wrestling in my marriage and he he would say, I understand that but, but Jesus, but Jesus, put your eyes on Jesus because Jesus is life and he's light and he reigns and there is nothing in this world that we can't overcome if Jesus is living in us and through us, the life he puts in us and the light he shines through us can help us overcome anything that the world throws at us at the end of the day no matter how crazy the world gets, we serve a God who who reigns, who is in control, and who always will be in control and can use all things for good. I was thinking about that this week, and I just, there's an older song, and the words are real simple. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, which means the Lord be praised, our God reigns. You know, sometimes, sometimes we got to stop and sing it. And it's easy to sing it when everything's going great, but man, I'll tell you, when somebody's going through some stuff, you can just pause, put your phone down, look up, and sing, the Lord be praised. Hearing no matter what I'm going through, He's still God, He's still good, and He's still going to make whatever I go through work out for His glory and my good. So let's stand and pray, and then we're going to sing this song before we baptize. But I want us to sing it like we mean it, like we have life, like we have light, and like we're going to celebrate. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now. God, for every single person in this room that's going through some stuff, God, it's just stressful and worrisome and discouraging. God, I pray that today we would just pause and say, there's an empty tomb. And because there's an empty tomb, it means we don't have an empty life. That Jesus in you is life. And in you is light. And in you we can celebrate that no matter what's going on around us, that you are still on the throne working all things out for our glory and good. Thank you, Jesus, that you reign.
1: In him
0: was light and life. So, Father, right now, I want to thank you for every single person in this room, every single person watching online. Jesus, that maybe feels stressed or discouraged or worried with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe right now you just need to Make where you're standing, your private altar, and give that weight that you're carrying to Jesus. Just give it to Him right now. And maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life, and today's the best day. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation right now. So if you're here and you know you need to give your life to Christ all over this room and watch it online, you can just I want you to pray this with me in your heart just pray in your heart right now just say Jesus Christ Jesus Christ I know that I'm a sinner I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness, forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross. You died on the cross. And rose from the grave. Rose from the grave. To save me from my sins. To save me from my sins. And right now, Jesus. Right now, Jesus. I receive you into my life. I receive you into my Come life. Come in and be my Lord. Come in and be Lord. In Jesus' name. With well, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just prayed and asked Christ into your life, if you just asked Jesus into your life, I want you to do me a favor right now. I want to pray for you. I want you to stick your hands straight up in the air if you just prayed to receive Christ. Come on, put your hand in the air. You just saw people go public in a pool. Put your hand in the air. There's hands all over the room. Put it in the air. If you're in the online, put it in the air online. Father, I want to thank you for these hands that are raised. I want to thank you for brand new life. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you save people. I want to thank you that you change lives. I want to thank you that you are life. I want to thank you that you are light. I want to thank you that that in you the best is yet to come, that Jesus, you reign, no matter how crazy this world gets. And Father, I want to thank you that you have a plan and purpose for each one of us to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. I pray as we leave today, we would leave celebrating that we have been in the church of the living God. The world says the church is dead, but Jesus, you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Thank you today, Jesus, that you allowed us to take ground. Jesus, that you allowed the enemy to get pushed back a little further and the kingdom grew a little more. And you get the glory for it all. In your name we pray, Jesus. Everybody that agreed said amen and amen. Y'all have an awesome weekend. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday.